0: To this Christmas edition of Wrapping Paper. Uh, that's right, we're getting in the festive spirit here because it's going to be I think, the last backing paper in 2018. We're going to take a little break, but more about that at the end. Anyway, I need somebody wonderful with me to get me through this Christmas episode, and who better than, of course, Eric? Eric, welcome back to Backing Paper. Wrapping Paper, it's, I must remember it's wrapping paper. That was your good idea as well.
1: Oh, it was. Oh, peek behind the curtain there. Hi.
0: It's great to have you back here with me. Um, the emails aren't particularly festive, but we're feeling festive, aren't we, Eric?
1: Absolutely. I have those little curly shoes on right now that the elves wear. Feeling That's...
0: it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know. Do they have bells at the end?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I told you I would be here with bells on. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a liar.
0: <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I have a question Do you own a Christmas jumper, a Christmas sweater?
1: No. Oh, I don't I have uh clothes that I wear on Christmas not just that I don't go naked <laughs> yeah, but nothing that's I mean, specifically good. tuned to Christmas that I can think of no that's I do well. not do you do you have I... is it like, an ugly sweater
0: oh it's it's horrific. I, I mentioned yeah. this briefly on uh, the Sunny 16 podcast, which you will out this week. My, I am um, not one for Christmas jumpers, uh, it's safe to say. And so out of pure spite and malice, my partner went out and bought me the ugliest Christmas jumper you ever did see. Uh, I think it's made out of entirely recycled plastic bags. Um, I think if I go too near an open flame, I'm going to just go up an absolute fireball um it's horrific uh the fit is, oh, it's just on every level it looks terrible so i've been wearing it a lot out of spite because i'm like "Well, you bought it to me now you have to look at it um that's
1: I right think... you don't have to look at that no. she's punishing herself there
0: yeah it, it's 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 bad it's it's real oh. bad um, so as you can see, Eric and I are the best people for getting in the Christmas spirit ahead of time are, but uh, never mind, never mind listeners, we'll do our best to jolly it as as we go. Um, and let's start with the most festive of emails we can start, <laughs> an email about problems with listening to the podcast. Uh, ho 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 ho! Uh, this first email is from Andrew Criswell. Andrew writes in, hello, I enjoy listening to your podcast on iTunes, but occasionally, More frequently than not, your podcast stops every 60 seconds and requires me to pause and then restart playing. That makes listening troublesome. I can see why that would make listening troublesome. It would make it infuriating. Um, I decided to download the Podbean app with the hope of listening to your program uninterrupted. Before I did so, I read through what information Podbean collects on us. I found it quite shocking most of us actually click the usually click the accept button rather than read through the terms and conditions of usage in this case i'm glad i did um here is a screenshot of the relevant page i thought it might interest you best wishes from andrew um so let's go these through these things, a couple of things um the first one the problem with the itunes podcast app uh now i have not heard of this problem before i don't use oh. itunes myself uh, i'm not apple user so i have no cause to are you uh, an apple user do you use itunes at all eric
1: oh goodness no i do not okay. though i'm assuming that they've decided that 60 seconds is as long as anybody should be listening
0: i mean that's fair
1: without a break i get it i get it
0: yeah
1: i can understand it'd be frustrating but the alternative is not good <laughs>
0: I mean, you're not wrong. Um, well, so I can't offer any assistance on that. But if anybody else has had this problem, it sounds to me like it's some weird setting somewhere that's messing things up. Um, if anybody, any Apple users out there, have a solution for this, or if anybody else has had this problem, um, please let me know because you know we hate to think of people's listening pleasure being spoiled by all means uh, that we aren't um, doing. <laughs> we like to, we like to be directly responsible for all the spoiling of your listening pleasure ourselves. The other thing about the terms and conditions on the Podbean app, um, I did have a read through it, and yeah, I mean, it is collecting a lot of information, uh, and it's, um, I suspect, unfortunately, from my limited reading, what it's doing is very similar to pretty much every other service of its kind where it's providing essentially something for nothing. What that means is oh, we're going to follow your phone around, we're going to see what you're doing all the time and we'll anonymize it, um, but we're collecting a lot of data and I completely understand why uh, Andrew did not want to agree to that. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Eric? Because you and I were discussing this beforehand and I, and I was talking about Google in particular because for quite some time I really fought against accepting much of what google would do and i wouldn't let it integrate with things i didn't because i know and in the end anyway i just went oh you know what you're already getting all the data you want from me somehow or other i give up i'm just gonna let my life be streamlined a bit and go with it um do you read through the terms and conditions on services you sign up for
1: no i don't i should but i don't know what i would do if i saw it like oh i guess i'll just click accept because what's the alternative uh no I don't I don't I never have and I'm sure it's horrible, but they got us coming and going. So <laughs> yeah. it's uh, just we... bow to your overlords.
0: Yeah, what I would say is um there are are other apps that are available. Now I don't know what it's like particularly again with Apple Podcasts, but I know that um on the Android system I use an app uh, called Beyond Pod. Uh, i've used for years and i've been very happy with um it downloads all my podcasts overnight makes me playlist. it basically i hit go it never stops playing podcasts for it gets to the end of a list and just starts another one straight up um and that works well for me i have to be honest i've never read the terms and conditions for that um, but that is an app that i did pay for so i hope it's not quite so blatantly nosy and intrusive um and there are there are other ones as well, um, but uh, BeyondPod is the one that I use. So it's worth having a look around, and you might find that if you use a paid-for service, uh, that it is less obnoxious in that sense. I completely understand why you would not want to sign up with that. If that I,
1: you. I use Podcast Addict, which mm-hmm. is a dumb name, but a pretty good app. I uh, it's, it's free. You give it a little tiny ad at the bottom, but lately it's been an ad for Mrs. Maisel, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, it's a good app.
0: Oh, good recommendation. Um, Absolutely. Do you want to read the next one from Daniel
1: Novak? I do. think. <laughs> I do. I really, really do. Hello, Sunny Sixteen. What a great show talking about the Cheap Shots Challenge. It provided a superb background to my darkroom session over the weekend. I'm not sure how to feel about the next theme, other than it's surely going to be a challenge. For me, in parentheses, I do not shoot anything fashion-related ever. In a few podcast episodes, Graham mentioned his dislike for the Lubatel 166B, and I caught the episode where he turned that hunk of plastic into a Jalubatel. However, I never caught the reason for such an intense dislike, and I'm quite curious. <laughs> I Oh, okay. I own the Lubatel, too. Uh, a family member gave it to me on my summer trip. I'd probably never pick one up myself, but I must admit I grew to like it. Why? For a medium format camera, it's small and very, very lightweight. I often travel on business and have learned to throw the camera in the suitcase for all my trips. 12 frames is just right for each trip. For how cheaply made it is, I actually like what comes out of it. Focusing on near subjects is pretty much impossible, but for more, for more... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great, but for more distant scenes, I just use the hyperfocal distance. And life is good. I do dislike the latch on the for the camera door. It's a miracle it holds closed at all, and is way e- too easy to open. I am planning on putting a rubber band around it and between the lenses going forward. Anyway, you can see a few recent pics with the camera at the link he provides. Uh, getting up early each morning before. Uh, before work while on the road is my way of turning the business trips into a more enjoyable experience cheers to many more great podcast episodes merry christmas and happy new year dan
0: merry christmas dan thanks there you go that's good that's a a good festive ending there okay so the lubital especially the lubital 166b but lubital's in general well i mean Dan did kind of give some of the reasons, actually, within that. Um, he, he did.
1: Let us slip a bit much.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it is difficult to focus. It's difficult to frame. Uh, it does not have um, any kind of ground glass screen. Uh, it has a glass screen with a tiny spot in the middle that you can use theoretically focusing and it vignettes spectacularly whilst you're moving it around so it's very difficult to actually see the frames that's kind of not great okay the back as he mentioned opens really easily so i have shot two rolls of film through this camera Uh, the first roll of film on more than one occasion whilst using it the back just popped open uh, and you can imagine what that did for the role of Portrait 800 that was in there. I think it was Portrait 800. It was something that I didn't really want. I should not have put it in the Louboutin in the first place. That's on me. Um, uh, the second roll of film, I made sure it was very well taped up. But um, the results were just not good. Um, the The pictures just weren't pleasing. There was nothing about it that I really liked it just also it's not I didn't it's not a pleasant camera to use uh, its mechanisms are slightly more user-friendly than the um, Lubitel 2 which is the older Lubitel which I also own um, because it at least the the switches on it are slightly bigger because the way it's laid out with the shutter and the cocking mechanism they're very close together so on the um, Lubital 2, it's very easy to cock the shutter and then hit the shutter whilst you have just finished cocking it, because they're all everything is a fiddle to adjust Um, the 166B is slightly better than that, Um, but ultimately what really ruins the 166B for me is that you have all of this hassle and frustration, and then the pictures I was getting out of it also just didn't did nothing for me when when I got them back, the Lubital 2 was a frustration to use but the pictures that I got out at the end I went, oh, I quite like these pictures. These these are, you know, I would use this camera again because I quite like these pictures, um, but not the 166B. Maybe it was just the day I shot it on, maybe the light was, I don't know, but it was not good. It was, I don't know if it was light leaks or just refraction or what it was. Um, so that's why I decided to turn it into the uh, Frankenstein's monster that is the Jalubitel um, because the jolly look camera that I got through Kickstarter was also a, a bit of a um, buggers model of a camera so I sort of took the Instax back part of that out and uh, was able to take the back off the Lubitel and kind of very ugly way glue them together, well not glue them but tape them together in this hunched back monstrosity of a camera Um, it looks spectacularly ugly and it is so cumbersome but it works um, because I couldn't get the Instax mini film on, on the actual film plane it's a probably a couple of millimeters back but that that couple of millimeters means that i can't focus further away than let's say four feet with the camera so it's very good for headshots uh, only um and it's quite fun using it like that i've had fun with that camera using it for that purpose far more so than i ever did um uh, I know that there are people out there who have taken good pictures and with the 166B. Um, there are always people go, oh no, look at this, it's capable of making nice work. Yes, absolutely, almost anything can make a good picture if, the, if all things come together. But the 166B is unpleasant to use. It has a number of design choices which make it very possible for things to go horribly wrong. And the the base level of images is just not great (laughs) not not (laughs) good have you got any experience with these little russian delights eric
1: not the lubatels no i don't um i'm looking at dan's pictures right now and i like them there's a there's a weird streak through most of them that i'm assuming is is uh, lubatel's trademark Mm -hmm. but it's it's um he takes good photos and it would it would kind of surprise me if somebody said, Oh look at this photo. Oh it's a nice photo. Oh I took it on Lubitel. I'm surprised. So yeah. Um I don't want one, but go yeah. Dan go.
0: Yeah, I mean as you said, these pictures they are nice pictures. Um uh they all have heavy vignetting. It's great if you want that in the picture. Um, I guess.
1: I mean a little. It's quite
0: noticeable. It's quite noticeable. Um yeah, I mean, like I said the the, the pictures yeah. are nice because Dan went to a nice place, carefully worked out his exposures and took nice pictures and the camera yeah. didn't completely ruin them for him. Um, but I don't know, I guess I kind of expect a bit more than that from a camera. <laughs> um, you know, it, especially it, it's the shooting experience, a large part of what I love about analogue photography is the experience of going out with these cameras uh, and using them more so than the results a lot of the time I want to enjoy going out and engaging with these things and it's just not pleasant to use and the same can be said for a lot of Russian stuff Uh, a lot of the Russian stuff is not particularly pleasant to use whether it's the zeniths or the um, cosmic symbols but where it usually pulls it back for me is that a lot of that Russian glass is actually pretty good it's real cheap and it's quite Mm -hmm. good fun uh, but this thing just nah did did not work for me at all. Um, but um, but for anybody out there who has got a one six B six six B and likes it and is pleased with the pictures, we've got I am very happy for you and all power to you. But keep them because <laughs> they stink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, uh, next one up. Want to give a quick shout out. We had had an email from friend of the show Paul Mackay. Uh, new dad Paul Mackay who wrote in to let us know that Analog Wonderland has cracked the 200 films barrier which is pretty spectacular um I know when they started back in June June? it was only June crumbs um they think they started with 170 something films and they are already up over 200 which is fantastic um I think obviously things like Ectochrome coming on the market I saw that Double has got a new film out a uh, double jelly uh, which is a great name and looks very fun and of course we had the yodica range since then um but yeah great just fantastic to see the number of films going up that's the direction it should be going uh so congratulations to um, analog wonderland for for breaking that um you know get back to us when you've hit 300 that then we'll really consider it an yeah achievement. we don't
1: we don't care at this yeah. point <laughs> it's, it's <wonderful. laughs> It's wonderful. Very uh, One thing that, that, that dawned on me over the over the week, since I don't always see things on the bright side, is that as far as color film goes, we have one manufacturer in the world right now. Just one. And that's we do. We have Kodak. Fuji isn't making anything. They're still selling stuff, but I think well, it's
0: that's it's speculation stop. speculation, Your Honor. We don't know. It is speculated <sighs> that Fuji are using up hold stores or stuff. It might be the case, but we do not know that to be true.
1: Mm, we <laughs> don't know, but there's nothing indicating that they're still producing.
0: Um, oh, what about uh, um, there's things like uh, Roly? They've got um, Color Slides film that came out last year, haven't they?
1: Uh, they don't. If they do, they don't make it.
0: Well, who is making it then? That's the question. There are people out there who are also making some color film because there are other color films about. Um, because there are people, you know, the the, um, the all the other um, cheap films that are around. You know, C two hundred. Fuji has to still be making C two hundred because that film is
1: no. Actually, that was just discontinued. Really? According to according to the Fuji, this is not great. According to the Fuji account that they have on Amazon, it does say discontinue by manufacturer for the C200. Oof. And also tip, it's super cheap right now. So go and grab yourself a oh. bunch of uh, C200. Okay,
0: well, uh, if, if you cause a run on this and it turns out to be fake news, bad hey,
1: I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> we live and die by fake news. That's true. So you don't know. Um, it doesn't and- matter.
0: There must, be, there must be other people. Uh, there have to be, because it, we know that there's quite a lot of... Um, yeah. I don't think who else there is. That, uh, I don't is think
1: Ag- Agfa doesn't anymore.
0: Nope. No, I don't think so. Um,
1: Kanaka hasn't for years.
0: There must be somebody. You know your
1: Vima doesn't. They still make black and white. I think think so that mm-hmm. could be cold storage too but um they definitely i'm almost 100 sure they don't do color i don't even think you can get their color film on fpp anymore at least not in the bulk roll. so i was looking for one last night so i think that's dried up yeah so i don't know uh motion picture film is only kodak fuji got out of that game three or four years ago yeah so well,
0: let's i don't say know theoretically Kodak might be the last game in town, but I don't. I don't know. It doesn't feel right to me. It feels like there's probably. I feel it feels like there's still at least one or two people out there manufacturing. I, I, it would be I, nice. I'm, I hope so. I hope I'm, gonna I'm gonna wrong. Hold on to this belief, um, uh, you know,
1: Ferrania is is getting hopefully closer to yes. that. That that's their plan. So that's cool. And once yeah. they get that up and running, they'll be able to switch emulsions, you know, pretty smoothly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once. Once. Yeah. Once they have climbed that mountain of getting a slide film out um they're doing well not first because they've obviously got p30 out already but getting that slide film out is going to be a huge challenge after which hopefully other things will be less of a challenge yes let's wait for them to complete the first challenge first okay uh next one up is of course from our good friend jeremy north jeremy writes in i enjoyed graham and gutterman's chat today I realised that in my email I omitted to say what a great idea Anil's Welly project is. I think it may well have given us cause to think about creating projects to do with commodities? (laughs) Commodities? Communities, local to each one of us. I did start one some years ago, but it kind of fizzled out. A pity, as I used Kodachrome for it. Yes, it was that long ago. Here's a link to my blog, which I'm ashamed to say I have not added to for a very long time—three years at least, I think. Judging by the posts in there, um, there you'll find some of the images. Uh, and if you go, so if you go to northern uh, northern enlightenment uh, or north dot com, uh, and look under Cheltenham's West End, you'll find some very cool pictures taken at night of uh, Jeremy's. Um, Local town, Cheltenham, um, just local shops and cl- cool lights. It's real. As somebody who's really had nothing to do with Kodachrome, um, seeing those pictures and the colours in them in particular, it's like, oh uh, yeah, I can... oh yeah. Um, I hope Annal's book release at the pub was a big success. Uh, I saw only one person on Facebook responded to it, which was a... there were lots who bought the book but didn't comment. I think. F- Uh, A pub environment is probably not so much a Facebook one. By the way, the audio wasn't as bad as Graham thought. There were some slight fart noises, which I hope were distortion artifacts and not flatulence. Actually, I hope it was the latter. Jeremy, you're a sick, sick man. Um, Have a good show this evening, and I look forward to Thursday. Love to all, Jeremy. Thank you very much, Jeremy. I can assure you and all listeners that it was not flatulence or a duck. As was suggested by one uh, individual, um, Kodachrome. Eric, have you ever yes. shot any Kodachrome?
1: I have shot Kodachrome. I have not successfully developed Kodachrome. Uh-huh. I actually shot I shot Kodachrome in Utah's Kodachrome Basin. And uh, A
0: Kodachrome Basin.
1: We do. It was named after the film, obviously. It would have been be
0: weird if it weird been the coincidence.
1: Other way around. <laughs> So, um yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful area with, like, bright reds and, and, and yellows, and it's perfect for Kodachrome film. And so I shot a bunch, uh, and it was, I guess, too old, and I couldn't... I tried to, you know, I'd have to develop it as black and white, and I did a stand, and it just mudded out. There was nothing there.
0: Oh, that's a shame. Yes. I have developed one role uh, of... I like, was Kodachrome 2... <laughs> Which is a found film uh, that was in a camera from nineteen. It was a um, camera I found. Oh God, I can't, camera from nineteen sixty uh, something, and the roll of film in it was also from nineteen sixty something. Uh, and this was a this version of Kodachrome was not the most recent one. Uh, so the process that was needed for that was even longer dead than the Kodachrome process was. Um, nonetheless, undaunted, I did have a go at developing it in black and white and I was able to pull out just some spectacularly grainy images on there but enough to kind of make out what it was and it's this stately home so it was quite fun. But you can still pull something out of a completely um, long since gone process is pretty good. Um, that was cool. Um, you want to take the next short one from, uh, All Friday.
1: Certainly. Dearest Sunnies, I finally learned the meaning of this gas thing that people keep talking about. On the Bog Papers show... Well, is that... That's mean. It's on the Bog paper. Papers... Yeah. Let's be nice now. Uh, last week, I could hear it clearly on Graham's mic. Oh... What a good job you talk to... Huh? What a good job you talk to your visitors online. Don't go full Cheers. on me. Yeah. You I...
0: had a moment there. Uh, listen, it wasn't <laughs> gas. I was not. It was feedback. It was not my fault. I'm pretty sure it was Mike's fault. Don't ask me how, but I'm pretty sure it was Mike's fault. It was not gas. I promise, listeners, I have not been hitting the Christmas sprouts early. Um, God.
1: So... A uh, question from an American: What are bog papers?
0: uh the toilet paper. Toilet paper. I see. I see. On the bog. Not, okay. Is the, is the bog not a word that you know?
1: If, um, it's it's like a swamp. We have bogs, like a yeah. uh, like a swamp, but not like uh, talking about poo or toilet paper of any kind. No.
0: Bog is just another uh, name for the toilet. So, you know.
1: Really? Huh. No. Not used in
0: polite society quite so much, but uh, Paul clearly not coming from polite society. I don't know what to say. (laughs)
1: The the Queen doesn't say bog, then.
0: No, she definitely does not. The Queen does not say bog. She probably doesn't even say toilet. She probably has some other far fancier euphemism for it. Um, The next email. Actually, do you want to read the next one? Because it says nice things about me, and I hate reading emails that say nice things about me. Ah,
1: sure. Hello, Sunbeams. Writing this as I am sitting at Picturesque, Charlotte, North Carolina airport in transit. I just wanted to say, right, that dynamic between Mike and Graham is just fantastic. We need, want more of this cross-Atlantic banter. Uh, Great fun and entertainment. Perhaps Graham and Mike need to have an alternative future photography podcast as well. Give Chris and Aid run for their show. Great work, entertaining and inspiring. Really appreciate all the effort you guys are putting in. Off to put my vote in for the Sunnies. Tony.
0: Thank you very much, Tony. Um, That's very nice of you to write in and say, and obviously it was lovely chatting to Mike last week, even if he did ruin my audio, probably on purpose. Um, A couple of things about that. First off, if you do want to hear more of me and Mike, and I'm going to say right up top, you need to really want to hear more of me and Mike. Um, I did following on from recording backing paper with Mike last week, go on and record on his show. Uh, I can't remember what episode number it is, but it's the one that came out last Monday. Be warned. I went on there to judge the double exposure challenge that they did. And as with all photograph judging podcasts, it went on long and there was lots of descriptions of pictures. So if that drives you up the wall, do not go and listen to it, Um, because I know it has driven some people up the wall. (laughs) and they have let me know and that's fine and dandy um but uh yes it was lovely chatting to mike um and uh, by the time i finished recording which was half past two in the morning uh, i was a shattered human being um sadly because mike works nights and uh is on the wrong side of the um atlantic uh, it does make it difficult to do more with him Um, but hopefully we will have him on again before too long Uh, because yeah, it's always a delight talking to Mike. As for the two of us doing an alternative to the future of photography, I don't think either of us know what's happening now let alone the future so that would be a real disaster Um, but yes, if you do if you would like to hear more, Mike, um, with me mostly being horrible to him because he was getting late and we'd had a lot of problems with our audio, uh, then do check out last week's Negative Positives podcast. But like I said, just prepare for the fact that there's a lot of photo judging going on, um, which is as fun as that ever is. Um, The last email we've got is from... Nope, not last email. I'm lying here. Yeah. Oh, good. And that leaves you with a long one. Um, Nigel Cliff wrote in, Read the email in last week's show about having a photographic block. Thought I'd chip in with what my solution was a couple of years ago. Uh, which is always good. We always need more solutions. And uh, I liked uh, Angela's last year, so that's what Nigel's got to say. I was shooting 99.9% digital with autofocus lenses and was feeling in a bit of a dead end. Then, through a combination of factors, I got into film using classic lenses because of yourselves, Simon Forster, Mike Gutterman, etc. Maybe the solution to a block is adding a bit of variety. Go medium format, or rangefinder, or autofocus SLR—just something different to what you usually do. Another great suggestion for a solution, um, Eric. Photographic blocks—you had them, and what have you done when you faced them?
1: I have decided that I just go with it. If it's a block, it's there. I don't. I don't do like, uh, oh, shoot this many roles per year or shoot this many pictures per week or anything like that. Um, I take it as it comes. If I feel like shooting a bunch, I shoot a bunch. If I don't, I don't. I don't stress over it. If someday I stop taking photos and I never do it again, that's okay. I don't, it's 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 it's, it's not my job. I'm not being paid to do this. So if I'm happy, relatively speaking, not for shooting photography, that's cool.
0: Yeah, I mean you're you're echoing yeah. quite a lot what Angela said last week. Um I think so, yeah. There's a lot to be said for that. There really is. Um but I I also can definitely see um the sense in what Nigel's saying about, you know, especially if it's just if you're getting bored. Maybe more so than, yeah. maybe not so much about but if you're just finding you're getting a bit bored, most of us um who are working and who you know don't have the luxuries or the um work life that means a lot of travel we're seeing the same spots all the time. We're trying to make photos in the same locations all the time. And if you can't change that, it can get very boring. But sometimes by changing the tools that you're using to do it, it can freshen things up because it makes you see things in a different way or you can approach things differently and, and that can help if if you are getting a bit bored. Um, I do you think that can help freshen up? Yeah, those. and you
1: should You should be doing that anyway, to be honest, you know, uh, you look at some, some folks, Instagram feeds or Flickr feeds, and it's kind of the same. You can tell they're using the same camera, maybe the same lens, same location, same film, even switch it up, do go for variety. There's no reason to stick with one camera or one or even one brand or one format, just do what you can you know, there's the cheap shots challenge that has showed us all that it's not as expensive as it could be. We can get away with a lot. Switch it up. Do some new things. Always do it before you get bored, because once you're bored, you're not going to make good decisions. So just always, always be doing, always be reinventing yourself. Always be looking for more interesting things to do and shoot and how to shoot and share.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Um I think a lot of us Struggle to find our voices, um, and experimentation, uh, you know, it, it, find what works for you. I think sometimes one of the problems I have is that I have too many options open to me at all times. I mean, I'm sat here in a room, um, I look around, I don't know, there's probably 20 cameras in this room with me, and that is by no means all of the cameras. Uh, quite a few of them are still in boxes at my mother's attic, um, some of them are in the other part of the house, um, but there's so much choice, um, and that can be a bit too much at times, but um, yeah, it's true not mixing it up equally. I mean, if, if you can mix something up, I think that's the important thing. And if you can't mix up where you're shooting and what you're shooting, then mix up what you're shooting with, or maybe the film that you're using, or yeah, the time of day that you're doing. I don't know, wh- whatever you can, um, but break things up. Do you want to take this epic missive from Matt Murray, Eric?
1: This is basically the Odyssey, so let's let's go.
0: Don't mess this uh, up.
1: I will not mess up a single word. And feel free to break in with uh, random riffing or comments. Uh, good day, sunbeams. Festive greetings from sunny Brisbane where summer is in full swing. My spare fridge is filled with two items to cope with the heat, chilled wine and chilled film. Everything you need for a fun holiday season. I love listening to your latest podcast with Doc and you from SuperSense.
0: Uve <laughs> you. Uve.
1: see, I'm, I see. Uh, Wait, anybody you. called
0: you? It wasn't a sheep. And you uh, listened to that you, podcast as well.
1: I did. <laughs> um, uh, I have only shot about seven or eight packs of FP-100C in my life, but love it. Their idea for a single shot pack film image is genius, not only from a manufacturing point of view, but from a practical one. This would mean in the future you could mix up color and black and white shots in the same shoot. It would also make pack film idiot proof. There is no worse feeling than when you pull the white tab of your first pack film image out of the camera and half the pack goes out in one go. Very true. Uh, going back further in time, it was a pleasure to hear my name on two of your recent podcasts. In your recent Cheap Shots Challenge episode, I was stoked to hear that the charming and clearly well-educated Sandra Cohn uh, crowned my artist statement as her favorite. I would have to agree with her. Uh, This gave me immeasurable pleasure knowing that Sandra and her unnamed assistant, uh, I think she was named. I think she was um, named, yeah. I think it was Gwen?
0: I cannot remember now, I'm afraid.
1: it, it It was Gwen. Hi, Gwen. Uh, around the world, were entertained by my work documenting Dalmatian body image issues. Uh, Marshall was also very happy and did a victory lap in the garden All Natural, without his collar, in celebration. Naked dogs. I'm also happy to say that you are indeed all correct. A healthy dose of BS does make an art look better. I figured this out during my many trips to the new, Ga- new art gallery in Walsall. Walsall? Walsall. Walsall. Walsall during my 12 years in the UK. The other mention was when the lovely Graham name dropped me and my analog photography podcast Matt Loves Cameras in an episode of Backing Paper, giving me another subtle reminder to sort my stuff out and actually finish off an episode. Uh, I'm glad to announce that episodes one and two of the podcast are out there in the wild. Episode one is about uh, one of is about one of the best pocket cameras of all times, so the Pentax Auto 110. Episode 2 covers my list of top 12, 12 Christmas gifts from photographers. You'll be pleased to know that the analog adventure kit by the lovely Rachel is on the list. Yay! I recently heard that you thought the kit should be on a Christmas gift list for film photographers, and I couldn't agree more. Your wish is my command, Graham. Graham, take advantage of this.
0: Yeah, yep, I will. I've got my I'll wish do that. this week.
1: Unless it's something that I don't want to do, in which case you can get nodded. Okay. It's well, disappointing. Don't make the offer if you. Just gonna say that. Episodes three and four will cover the first analog Instax Square camera from Fujifilm, the SQ6, and the Olympus LT1. Uh, uh, an MJU wrapped up a in Mew. a sexy mu. Mew, Mew? Really?
0: Yeah. Yes. Really? How do you not know how to say mu? That's one. Of the... I don't.
1: The don't cool shoot cameras, these things. I know, cool. but I just don't shoot cool cameras, man. Nobody likes Mamiya.
0: That's not true. Lots of people well, like Mamiya.
1: Nobody cool likes Mamiya.
0: Okay, I mean, all right, now you have a point. The Mamiya, yeah, the Mamiya 7, that's a cool camera. Oh, well, yeah, I'm cool not talking about shoot that.
1: Yeah, that's you. true. That is very true. <laughs> you
0: have the uncool Mamias.
1: I have the ones that actually function as SLRs and real cameras. Okay. Yeah, um, you can find my Christmas gift guide and my podcast by searching for Matt Loves Cameras on iTunes, Podbeam, or Instagram by visiting my website, uh, mattlovescameras.com. Special thanks to Sunbeam favorite Matthew Joseph, Dudens for the moral support. Finally, 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 if you are ever truly desperate for a guest presenter for a backing paper, I am more paper. than willing sorry, wrapping paper, ho, ho, ho. I am more than willing to get up at any time of the day or night to help. I have an excellent command of the Queen's English and can confidently say that I have never mixed up gooses and geeses. During your recent excellent episode with Anil Mystery, uh, I almost thought at one point I was listening to the opening lines of Veruca Salt's I Want It Now from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, yours in film, Martin Scarlet No, nope, no, nope, that's the next bit. Nope. no, nope. <laughs> in film. Matt Murray. Matt Murray, Matt Murray. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, that was a,
0: a, a, an epic missive, and um, thank you very much for your offer of uh, in, in which we might take you up on in the future. Uh, although at the moment, you know, we're being quite wary of um, potential black and paper guests from the uh, the other side of the globe, because I mean, once clearly. bitten, you know. Twice, sure. (laughs) But thank you kindly for the offer. Um, I have not yet checked out Matt's podcast, but I certainly will be. And I'm glad (laughs) that Marshall um got a victory lap of joy in uh, the name being mentioned by Sandra because it was a good artist statement. These things need to be brought up. So yes, thank you. Very much for that Matt. Always good to hear about how nice and hot and sunny it is in Brisbane, Australia, when it is miserable and wet both here and in Portland. Isn't that right, Eric?
1: Uh, yes, it must be in Portland. Yes, yeah.
0: you live in Portland. No, you live in Seattle. I do not no live way, in Portland. you live in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's okay. I do. I do live in Seattle.
0: Yeah, there you go. Only second time. Couldn't you move to Portland? It would make it a lot easier for me if you moved to Portland. <laughs>
1: I think I'll do that for you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, would I can do really that. Really appreciate that. Just, by the next time
1: I yeah. want, I'll be I'll be a Portlander.
0: Thank you, thank you. Uh, that is it for emails this week, listeners. So there's a few things that I want to talk about before we get out of here. The first one is as was hinted at by Eric rambling on. Uh, Martin Scarland, who listeners will know, he did a number of. Um, little shorts on his darkroom creation which put the end of some of the sunny 16 podcasts he has been using that darkroom to great effect and sent me and rachel and aid also a lovely print that he had made um beautiful darkroom print also beautifully presented Um martin really does go the extra mile when it comes to the presentation of his work Uh, so i wanted to say thank you very much martin there is nothing quite like a darkroom print um we talked at, at uh, well, not at that length, but we talked on being about um, intrepid enlarger and how that, that will hopefully encourage more people to make prints, make darkroom prints, and it really is worth it because there's there's something quite special about
1: it. Oh, yeah. Are I you really a
0: printer? Is. I know you don't at the moment, do you?
1: No. No, I don't have uh, room for a darkroom.
0: But you could have room for the one because you've got an intrepid camera already.
1: I do, yeah. I don't have. I don't have a dark room. Is kind of the more the issue. Do you have a? There's cupboard? no room in that. No.
0: You're lying to me, Eric. I, know I am not lying. No. You don't have a no. cupboard.
1: I mean, like a, like a place that we put plates in.
0: Or clothes, Eric. What do you put your clothes? Like a in? closet. You throw them no. On the floor.
1: I have a very, very tiny closet.
0: Where do you put all your check shirts that you hang, tie around your waist because Seattle?
1: Oh, we we were issued them on the bus.
0: Um. Well. No,
1: unfortunately, nothing. I'm sure you. I could would like find to. I wish.
0: I don't want this defeatist attitude from you. Sort
1: of. Oh, I'll work on that. All right. Thank up. you.
0: Um. Well, anyway, listeners, I'm sure you'll do better than Eric uh, when it comes to um, making you a darkroom work, Cause, dude. Because, like I said, darkroom prints are amazing. Um. They are. Even though I'm not very good at it, uh, it's still brilliant fun doing it. It's just brilliant fun doing it. The other thing which we very much need to talk to you about is the Sunnies. Now, I know that for the last two weeks, I've been saying uh, the voting things will be up imminently. The voting thing is ready and it's done. uh, and I'm just waiting for it to get proofread. This show goes out, uh, well, Monday morning. By Monday evening at the latest, you will find the voting form for the Sunnies 2018. It will be on our website. There will be a link on Twitter. Eric, you'll make sure there's one on Instagram, won't you? You'll promote the living heck out of that.
1: I will indeed
0: um and yeah vote listeners um i hope i think there's some fun categories this year which gives us a chance to talk, uh, let us know let everybody know what you love about what we're doing both in terms of the people who are doing it uh, the stuff that we're using and the people who are helping us to do it as well the services out there um so please do go and find it wherever you are do vote share it around as well let's you know get this out to as many people as possible last year we had over 300 people um took part and i would really love to even further than that this year um we are going to because it's gone up later than last year because i've been very disorganized we're going to leave it open later so we are going to leave the voting open until pretty much the end of the year but don't leave it till the end of the year get on do it over christmas do whatever or at least check it out so you can start to think about what you want to vote for um the sunnies are a lot of fun they're a lot of fun to do i am already looking forward to the awards show because it's just my favorite kind of nonsense Um, and that brings me on to the next and final point for this evening which is kind of our schedule for the next few weeks as Christmas happens so as I mentioned I think this will probably be the last backing paper of 2018 because I think I'm going to struggle to get any more backing papers done over the Christmas period because of just going away from home and stuff like that and I, I think you'll probably cope I you know I think you'll manage without backing paper for a couple of weeks I can squeeze in a little something-something for you, I might do. Watch this. I have... Well, just watch this space. You never know. Um, We have got a fun show coming out this week on the Sunny 16 Podcast. A return visit from two old rogues. uh, Regrettably not a third because he was poorly sick today. But we have got a return visit from M and Hamish. Always a delight. Always the true cheer of Christmas that you really want. Uh, so they are on, so look forward to that coming out on Thursday. We will have a show next week as well. Uh, it'll just be a quiet little Christmas catch up with Rachel, Aid, and I. Um, probably all sat there with a nice glass of wine and hopefully a box of chocolate to munch. And uh, just a, probably a wee shortage there to keep us going. And then back in the new year, and hopefully all being well, if you listeners hold up your end of the bargain and get out there and vote. Hopefully the first show of the new year will be the Sonny's Award Show 2018. Um, that's the plan anyway. It's a good plan, isn't it, Eric?
1: Oh, vote early and vote often.
0: Yeah, exactly. Actually, vote early and vote literally just the once. Don't vote often. Um, <laughs> you no. only get to vote. Look, I'm sorry, but them's the rules. There's, you know, the, the prestige at stake here is so important to the industry that we can't risk these votes being rigged. Um, so we do ask for an email address just so everybody just votes the once. That is the only reason we ask for an email address. I promise we are not doing anything else with that email address. Um, And that's it for us on this festive edition of Wrapping Paper. Merry uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Eric, thank you so much yes. for joining me again.
1: Oh, no problem.
0: You know what? I knew hmm. there was one other thing that I needed what? to bring up. And oh my goodness I know And the thing And I put Martin Scarlett and Plinty This will remind me Guess what else I got Through the post this week well, You already know what the, the answer to this Don't you
1: What the hell was it
0: It was a couple of lovely zines From a lovely man In Portland Near Portland I think it's Seattle I can't tell Because I can't see his shirt from here um, hard, hard to say Yeah you sent me A couple of your zines Now the mm-hmm. one Which we talked about In the past When you were on here Was uh, Is it just called Conspiracy of Cartographers Issue 3
1: Issue three, July,
0: which is the lovely um prints that your four by five prints that you took while you were out on your trip this summer, which is lovely and beautiful. And really, after listening to your um uh pieces that you did for us, uh, yes, I i I, it was great. I loved seeing that because it really just put all those things in my mind. Um, that was great. The other thing which I loved, I liked the pictures a lot, but I loved. Uh, the zine that you sent with it. Now, you're going to have to remind me of the title because I have forgotten it. And it's a...
1: The title is All Through a Lens.
0: All Through a Lens. And this is issue All one. All
1: Through a Lens. Issue All one. Yes. Lens.
0: It is a yes. slim volume. It's very fun. It's got some great articles in it. I love the way you put it together. Um, I'm I'm really bigging this up. and making it out to be a great thing because it is. And now, Eric, you're going to say that there are how many left in stock?
1: I sold out in eight days. Sold out in eight days. Boom, but... Eric. I do have a PDF for two bucks on Etsy.
0: There you go. So it's it's
1: worth not it. as it's not as nice, but no, it's not
0: know. as nice. This is issue one. How far along with issue two are you? Given the way you churn things out, I'm guessing you're already up to issue fifteen on at least some uh,
1: I have about half written. It's going to be mostly about uh, travel and how to travel and with photography and and all of that.
0: Sounds great. Um, how many copies did you make of the first one? Hundred. That's really good. They will. The fact that they went that quickly. Next time, listeners, make sure you're keeping an eye on Eric at Conspiracy of Cartographers. I'm guessing you're gonna make more next time, aren't you, Eric? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh the next one will have a five color cover. Ooh. Screen printed, which is I'm not looking forward to, but I'm looking forward to it all at the same time. I'm Weird. actually building a new a new press with like a vacuum cleaner to... So to keep everything in place
0: okay are you you've lost me completely um that's okay do, do go to eric's etsy store is that little black star
1: no it's sit properly
0: sit properly one of your many non-de not being able to keep in touch with you's um
1: That's true keep you guessing or just you know hit up my instagram at uh conspiracy of cartographers with dots between the words um i also have a ton of copies left of the third issue of conspiracy of cartographers there you go. So also
0: very much nice. worth checking out. Don't leave Eric with those. Using them as you know insulation for his house, otherwise. Um, so yeah, hit up your Instagram feed, and I'm trying. I, I read some great articles. Just there's some just really interesting articles. I think the one that I was reading the other day was about um, the film washing and the, the research that somebody had done into that. Great interesting stuff. Just a nice,
1: oh yeah.
0: I really like the way you presented them. So thank you very much, Eric, for sending that. Over oh. To
1: me. Thank you for saying.
0: That is going to do us, listeners. Uh, from myself uh, and everybody else at uh, Sunday 16 um, have yourselves a very Merry Christmas. And we will speak to you. Well, I mean, you'll hear from us on Sunday. On Sunday? On Thursday. You'll hear from us on Thursday. Um, uh, I will speak to you again after Christmas, I guess. Uh, Happy Christmas, everyone. And goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Ho, 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 everybody. Whoa whoa whoa! Dude, you're a good sensor. Well done. I oh, am.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's the belly. <laughs>